Welcome to Cleaning Business Life. My name is Shannon Miller, and I am your host and founding member of Clean Freaks University. This show is sponsored by the Structure, Scale, and Profit Cleaning Business Academy, my signature program. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Kimberly Gonzalez, inventor extraordinaire of Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. And on that topic, just for Halloween and um, also for an extra stream of income for people who might be interested in um, offering those types of services. As I'm dipping my toe in and learning all about these things, because like mm-hmm. for three weeks in a row, and it needs to go somewhere. So it, it needs to be pushed along is my understanding of how this whole process works. Is this your understanding of um, of it? Yes. And my my approach is really more from the, not the metaphysical level, but more the, the holistic level where um, I'm a Reiki master. And so I do energy work for people. Oh, cool. I have done in un, under a different, um, you know, circumstance, not for house uh, clients. Um, but I, I am more of the mindset that we are energy. Everything around us is energy. Our possessions carry um, a footprint as well. And how you know, when we enter a space that's new to us, it's always beneficial to do that ceremony um, to kind of move along. Yes, to move along energy that maybe had been left behind or maybe something you brought into your home. And or, you know, a lot of times when we do our staging in our home, I always kind of sense um, what's happening in the dynamic of everyone in the house. And so when I sense like there's a little more bickering than usual, or there's just kind of like this tense energy where there are misunderstandings that come from it, that's like my cue. Okay, it's time to do that ritual again. And so I kind of approach it the same way with our with our the ones that have asked about it. I don't get too woo-woo with it because gotcha. a lot of people, like you mentioned, you know, they have different ideas on on what's spiritual or um, as far as energy. You know, a lot of people have this conception that it's negative and evil and tampering with it. Because the one that we just did, um, actually Friday, we did one. And this gentleman had been experiencing, not to divulge too much personal information, but he had been experiencing right. some challenges and he had been away um, at a rehab center for the last two months. And we have been cleaning his home regularly. And he approached me, he messaged me, and he says, do you do this? And and so we got into this long conversation. And short of it is that he wanted us to do that so that when he came back into his environment, he would have a clean slate. And I thought that was just amazing. I felt honored that he trusted me enough to have the conversation and make the request, but also that I was able to kind of participate in that part of his, his healing. Um, Definitely. There's a, there's yeah. so much of a dynamic to just what mm-hmm. you said and, and pulling it apart piece by piece. Um, I have a lot of questions. So for example, is it something that he knew that you dabbled in and just approached you? Is it an a la carte where you show them on a, um, or a card that says, by the way, I do this. I mean, how did this mm-hmm. individual search you out to know that you did this type of stuff? Well, we we have a pretty good relationship with all of our customers. We we frankly consider them family. We treat them like family. They reach out to us for just random things aside from house cleaning. You know, my husband will run over there and fix 
whatever needs to be fixed or because we kind of offer different services within our company. Gotcha. Um, and so in, in past conversations, I guess, in just kind of talking about life and family and our community, because we're in a very rural community, uh, he just felt comfortable enough to ask because we've spoken about, I think we've spoken about crystals before. And, gotcha. and that might have given him a clue that I also kind of delve into that. And it was a safe space for him to ask that question. So um, it was it was kind of refreshing because I always get excited when I meet people that kind of speak that language, you know, of the 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 things that we consider important and just kind of um, allows us to share what we've done that works for us. And then they kind of, you know, explore or or they share how they want to implement it in their lives going forward, you know, because um, that's how this transpired. That's interesting. And um, so it, obviously you had a re- an established relationship with him. So he felt mm-hmm. comfortable enough to ask what would, yeah. um, I mean, you don't have to give the, the exact price point, but what would something like that, just for the people who might be interested in dabbling in this to see if it is something that is true to their heart, that they could give part of their soul and their energy mm-hmm. to doing mm-hmm. something like this, what would you have, what what did you end up charging this individual? Sure. No, I don't mind an- answering that. So um, the home that we clean for him, because I kind of, it's kind of hard to have a, uh, like a chart. You know, as far as pricing goes, um, right. I was just kind of led by spirit, and I and I know um, how much ground I have to cover because of the size of the home when we clean it. And right. so I kind of estimated it's going to take me about an hour to do the the process, the saging ritual. Um, it's about a two thousand square foot home. Okay. So we charge them a hundred bucks, and it was okay. just my time because my husband doesn't. We do this as a family, but he doesn't participate in this aspect of it. Gotcha. Um, So it was just really me, my time, not, you know, two people. um, I just charged them a hundred dollars for the hour. And and for those of you who are not familiar with what a sage ritual is, it slightly varies from individual and individual and the background of the the person who's performing the ritual. Um, It it can also be very similar to a tobacco ritual. Um, That's Mm -hmm. often thrown around as well. Um, do you want to give the audience a brief context of what is involved in a sage ritual for you? Well, I'll sure I'll share my process. Um, okay. And again, I I'm not in any way um, suggesting that this is the right way. Right. I everybody has a different variation for sure. Everybody has a different variation, and and based on my um, understanding of the um, you know the 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 indigenous ritual, I would say, right? Because all of this is taken from that, from different cultures. But my understanding is that you want to first start with yourself. You want to have a clear mind. Um, And what I do personally is I, um, when I light the sage, I have kind of like a bowl. Um, And and actually, this is another thing that I want to share. So I ordered a little kit for him as a gift as part of the process. And I got it on Amazon and I can share that link. It's, it's a gorgeous shell that is able to hold the heat from the sage and you just kind of break the sage down inside the shell. And um, for me, it's important that I use matches, not a lighter, because right. it's more natural. Wood. Wood. Um, right, exactly. And so I light the sage 
and I kind of use a feather from our chickens and I just, <laughs> I just fan it instead of blowing, I use the feather and you can also use your hand. It's more of a natural um, thing. And it kind of just builds up the flame and then eventually you, you kind of see the, the, the smoke just going up and, and getting higher and up, you know, stronger and stronger. And so I take that opportunity, the first few minutes, I just basically do kind of like a, like a cleanse. I want to focus on my eyes so that I can see what needs to be seen. I want to, um, you know, blow the fan, the, the, the smoke towards my mouth so that I can speak. Um, and I'll get a little bit into that because I do create kind of like a script that I read out in the home while I'm doing it. Um, and also my ears so that I can hear. So it's just kind of like a spiritual cleansing for yourself so that you're able to perform the task on behalf of the customer and get the results that you want. Um, so then once I do that, now this is after we clean the house, of course. Right. And I hope that's understood. It's after we, we clean the house. Cause you don't want to do that after the fact, um, right. or you don't want to do the, you know, the, the, the staging first and then the cleaning. Yeah, um, and so the energy would get stuck and all that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. You want to kind of get a clean slate. So what I do is I go around and I open as many doors as I can. In this particular instance, there was one door that I couldn't open because the dog was um, his dog was in inside the room. So what I did was I did the whole house and then I left that room for last. We moved the dog to a, a room that had already been clean and saged. Um, and then we finished off with that last room because, you know, the dynamic in, in the client's home is going to be different. If they have pets, you're not going to be able to get to every room. So you have to figure out a way with them. Um, we asked him to come and move the dog because we don't handle animals. But he I told him it's going to be 30 minutes. I'm going to be done with this phase of it. If you want to come so you can run the dog upstairs and then he left and the father, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm kind of breaking okay. up, but I'm following. The father, <laughs> yeah. Your father, okay. The father is the one that is taking care of all the affairs while the son is away um, and getting ready to come back into the home. So he came back, put the dog up and then we finished with that, with that last room that we had to clean and then smudge. So just for the audience to know that um, sage is not harmful to animals. It's, um, not. Just in, it, it's not. It's not like I, I've seen a lot of people use lavender oils. And I was going to say, actually, yes. It can be a little dangerous um, if you're up mm -hmm. close or if they lick their paws. But sage is not a dangerous element. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. if you blew it in their face, um, you know, for hours at a time and they had no chance of getting any fresh air, that could be harmful. But for the audience members who are concerned... Um, I'm just throwing it out there to the wind. Yes. The sage, it's very little um, smoke and um, it's not harmful to the animal. I just want to say that. <laughs> so No, absolutely. Absolutely. And and actually, um, sage is what I prefer. You can you can also use, um, you know, I, I've heard of people using burdock if they can find it. It's a wild um, herb that grows here on our right. farm. But you can do your own research to kind of decide what medium you want to use. Um, and, you know, sage is more traditional, but there are other things that can be used in the, in the process as well. Definitely. So um, I, I love the fact that you went around and you moved the dog and um, mm -hmm. 
did did the whole thing and gave him a really cool vessel with it. Now, is there um, something that you say at the end when you're done, or do you leave all the doors and windows open and let it air out entirely? How do you how do you end the ceremony? Well, so I went around the house and I opened as many windows and and doors as I could, making sure that the dog was secure. Um, because what you want is as you're going. So my system is work from left to right around the home, left to right around the home. And so when you go into a room with the door and windows open, you're basically fanning the smoke towards every corner of the home, because that's, you know, at least it's said that that's where energy kind of accumulates and and Mm -hmm. remains stagnant in corners because it kind of has nowhere else to go. So you're basically fanning it out of the house. That's right. the ritual you're basically. And so I had my little um, I, I created. Uh, so what I did was before I got there a few days before I asked him, what do you want to feel when you walk into your home? This and is I a good said, question. Yeah. And so I, I, I basically you can give me two, you know, two words doesn't have to be like a long drawn, just two words. I'll give you maybe four. Just what pops up that you want to feel. And so for him, it was um, it was love. It was um, abundance, gratitude and purpose. And so when I created, you know, as I as I'm cleansing myself to start the ritual. Yeah. and, And so it's very it's very client based in the sense that you're you're trying to fulfill their needs. What, what do they need? What type of energy do you want to draw into that sacred space for that person? Um, for another family, it may be peace, you know, because there's a lot of bickering or, you know, but but I think it's an important question to ask before you make the the ceremony arrangements, because that's what's going to lead you from the heart, you know, whatever's going to spill out from you into this space, you wanted to make sure that it's going to serve that person. Um, and so with those four, um, values that he shared, I then created a little script and I read in every single room that I entered. And so very cool. I have my sage vessel in my hand and I have the script and I stand there, I take a minute and I just read it. And then I put the paper down and then I take my feather and then I start fanning, walking around the room from this corner around to the next corner until I come back around to this corner. And, you know, if there's a window, I'll stand by the window and I will, um, you know, you can, you can just kind of say what comes naturally. You know, it could be, I bless this home for so-and-so may he find uh, the love that he's searching or the, the, the feeling of purpose so that he can create the life that he deserves, you know, just kind of anything that feels right and aligned with what that person wants at that point in time. Um, And so that was pretty much every room of the house. And so if you're thinking about like a 2000 square foot house, um, you can see why it took an hour, because it's kind of a slow process, you don't want to rush it. Um, I also open closets. Um, I do over the beds. Um, I feel that that's a very sacred and important part of the home. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that he likes 
you know, a lot of antiques and collectibles. He has a lot of beautiful pieces that have history for him, whether it's from his, you know, mom that has passed or his grandmother. Um, it's a family home that was passed on. So I, I felt that there was a lot of sense of connection to roots. And so as I'm speaking on his behalf, those are the things that I'm kind of emoting for him. Um, may this may this table bring together family and friends to share the love and abundance. You know, again, those values that he's wanting to bring more into his into his space. So I, I think that it's a really special thing to do for people. And I think the focus should be on what their needs are instead right. of just doing just doing the staging, just kind of you know, by road, you want to, you want it to have meaning because you want the person to feel the difference energetically when they come back into the space. Definitely. So I know that was a yeah, lot, but no, you're totally fine. When you are, um, when you're done with your service that you are providing, do you personally feel exhausted after doing a retreat? that is it exhausting to you or is it could you do maybe two a day if I were to do it because I would get like pooped out I don't know if I energetically could have like two of them a day I know that there's another right. individual who does like up to four a day I'm like oh my gosh that must take like whew, you have to decompress yeah. at the end of the day is that something that you um have done or is it just um just like a once in a while thing I would do well I could I could personally do two at a time um, I don't think that I would want to do more than two a day because for right. me spiritually, it just feels like you're mixing a lot of different intentions and energies. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. it can be exhausting. Um, yes. Personally, if you had a hard morning, you just had a fight with your loved one or with your child. Um, it can be really difficult to get yourself out of that headspace. And that's why for me, that self-saging is important because I want to make sure that I am, my heart is where it's supposed to be and my mind is where it's supposed to be in that moment. And so I feel like if I'm doing four a day, and again, for us, our ritual is clean first and then sage. So I couldn't right. imagine right. doing four in a day. I think that would be overload for yeah. me. Yeah. Me, me too. Um, but it, yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to, you know, that's the only thing that you're offering. I guess it could be done. But for me personally, I think two would be the max. Gotcha. Because you want to make sure that it doesn't turn into kind of like a, like a robo service, you know, that you're providing. Right. Like, oh, I got this person, this person. You want it to be personal. And I think if if you don't allow the time, even in between those houses, to decompress, Right. Um, I had to sit in my car for a few minutes before we pulled off and do Reiki on myself to kind of just level myself out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times you don't know the type of energy that you're trying to push out of that home. True. And so that, you know, if you're aware of how this thing, these things work, you you think about that and and you kind of just just you know be in the self awareness that you want to give yourself the time to decompress and not carry that into the next, the next job. Right. Definitely. If that makes sense. It's um, the, from the brief interludes I've had with the other people when they were sharing the energies that were trapped inside these buildings or homes. Um, 
I often had asked, you know, so did anyone piggyback? Because I've heard of that happening as well, where mm -hmm. um, an energy force like attached itself to you and you didn't realize and you're carrying around mm -hmm. all this extra weight and you're trying to figure mm -hmm. out what's going on. So then you have to reach yeah. outside yourself to release. To get help. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to you know, to release. Because sometimes people don't even realize that they're carrying around this extra load. Like yes. when my dad, I went through a period of time in my thirties where I had 12 people all pass away within 18 months. And it was the first oh time ever. Goodness. I even, the only other time I had ever dealt with a death was, um, three weeks before graduation of high school, my best friend died in my arms. Like I had a dream about it oh, and I repeated so the dream sorry. over and over and over again until she died exactly <laughs> like my dream stated. So that was the only other prior death experience I had. So when I hit my thirties, I had this whole period of time where it was just emotionally exhausting. My dad That's passed traumatic. away. And like, mm -hmm. and for a long time in the, oh, cause I lived in an old house in Long Beach and the house was over 104 years old. So I never could figure out if it was my dad. I always believed it was my dad. But every time like we made coffee because he smoked ciggies, I could smell him in the, the kitchen. Because mm. he used to look like when he was alive, he used to like to come in and chat with me and we would drink coffee mm. together. So um, it's always interesting. the difference. Oh, did I lose you? You froze. I you're okay now. You did. Oh, there for we go. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So that um, that's a just a different dynamic. I don't know where it cut out at. What was no, I got I got what you said. Um, oh, perfect. I, I believe you <laughs> said you were you were in the kitchen and you were like you you always had the sense that it was your father when you right. Um, and he used to okay. come into the kitchen and like want like we would talk and have coffee together in the mornings. Um, when he would come over and visit. So um, after mm -hmm. he passed. I always smelled the smell of the cigarettes and the coffee. Um, mm -hmm. to get, anytime I made coffee, it was it, no matter what flavor it was, it was always the it distinct smell. The same. Yeah, it, it was a weird. It was a weird feeling. So after a while, I just got used to it because I was like, whatever. But um, mm -hmm. that was a lot of funerals. A lot of funerals to attend in a very short amount of time. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. That's, oh, that's don't you know traumatic. what? Don't be sorry. It um, it, it makes you a different person when you get to like. I went to 12 mm -hmm. funerals and then I, I like, no, I'm sorry. I went to nine funerals and then the last three funerals I couldn't attend. I was just emotionally tapped out. I'm like, I can't, yeah. you know, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I can't funerals do this. Are hard. Funerals are hard. We we had recently lost a, a, a friend of my husband's in a motorcycle accident. And oh, um, no, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I personally, um, I know it's, you know, everyone has their own preference and opinion, but I don't like funerals. I feel that, um, you know, and, and when you're in the South, I think is different too, you know, since moving here, Definitely. um, I think people kind of make it, it's almost like a show and that's unsettling to me. And I just don't know. I, I never know what to say. Like you just, I'm always at a loss for words and I kind of feel more comfortable taking a meal to the home and, and being there, you know, actively asking, what can I do? Or just showing up and doing something if you're close enough with the family. I, I always have a hard time with funerals. I don't like them. I don't I, like I them. And, it, and it's not, us. yeah, exactly. It's for the living. And that's what I tell my children, I think is to, to you know, help the, the ones that stayed behind to, to continue. But I, I tell my husband, if, if I go, I want you to have a party. I want you to have a celebration celebration of life, you know, and different cultures do it differently. But I feel that that's more 
um, encouraging. I don't want people sitting around looking at my corpse because that's not how I want them to remember me. But I know that's a whole different topic. (laughs) But it's, um, yeah, so, oh, and one thing that I want to mention that I do is when I, when I'm done, um, I do say, so let it be done. Amen. So it is. So let it be done. Amen. And then when I put my shell down, um, I make sure that I put it down in a safe spot. I have a little cradle that I gifted the customers so that they can sit the shell on it. And it's kind of like a hand. Um, and then the shell sits on top of it. So it's elevated because it can get pretty hot, you know, once right. that, that fire starts going. But what I never do is I never blow it out. Um, and that's something that you want to you want to let I guess the best way I can put it is just let nature do its thing. Let it go gotcha. out when it's ready, because that shows from my perspective, it shows respect for the process and it allows for what needs to happen to happen when it needs to happen. Um, so it may take an additional five minutes of you sprucing around, you know, sitting it down. And then maybe if you're, you know, having to pack your stuff, maybe go out, take it out and then just come back and watch it and then not leave obviously before, you know, it's fully out, but that could be like a five, an additional five to 10 minutes, just making sure that you're allowing it to burn out on its own. I would never put water on it, never. (laughs) Fire safety, yes, but yes. also for the spiritual aspect of it, you yes. want it to allow for itself to just kind of burn out. Yeah, it's that's an interesting dynamic that you bring in because um, we all, I mean, I I've done it. How many birthday candles have you blown out? Right, it becomes this whole like this is I'm doing this. What you and need this to is do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it, so yes. there's that element, and then with the the process of the sage um, ritual, it it not blowing it out and letting it um, disperse by itself. Obviously, checking for safety um, is yes. part of that ritual. I've seen tobacco rituals too, where they, some of them blow them out and some of them don't. So that's really interesting for sure. Yeah, and and I guess the way that I see it is, it's almost like if I blow it out, I'm forcing the positive work that we're trying to do to it's it's almost like you're setting that timeline as opposed to just allowing Um, definitely so that's the best way i can explain it well that is awesome now is this the only other type of alternative um service that you are offering or do you have others i do reiki as well um i am much more selective with that type of work because there's so much more personal it's like one-on-one you know it's like you're facing their energy head on and so I I do do it for uh close friends and people that I know very very well um it's not something that we have on our website and I think I mentioned this to you before because it's it's kind of new and we're in a very conservative area I consider myself conservative but I'm very open to the reality that there's just not one way of doing something. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't feel that way. And so I don't think that I, I'm ready to put that on our website as a service. I rather continue to do it this way, at least until we kind of figure things out where if people approach us, then we can offer it. But it's not something that I'm actively trying to advertise. Got you. 
totally got feel that. safer that way. <laughs> it, it, yes, it d- definitely. I can see um, the necessary need for doing it that way for sure. Um, so it's just the two services that you're offering. Um, well, in our business, our main business is junk removal. Okay. What is the name? Um, Why don't we go ahead and get your, your business name? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, sure. So it's, it's our family name is L. So it's L's rubbish removal services. LLC. Okay. And, and you're and, in what um, state? We're in Kentucky, central Kentucky. All, all right. In yes. the middle of America. <laughs> in the middle of America. We love it. We're I'm originally a New York city girl. So this oh, wow. is like, yeah, we're, I retired. I was a paralegal for 21 years. And when my children turned five and three, I knew that we wanted to homeschool. So we needed to kind of figure out we we couldn't do it in the East Coast because of the cost of living. And this was 11 years ago. So you can only imagine like with everything that's going on, how it is now. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So it was it was scary. It took us four years to pick where we were going to move. But let me tell you, it's country living, especially now. It's the best decision we've ever made. No regrets. It's ideal for sure. <laughs> it's beautiful for families, for children, for community. Um, we're in a town that's like 600 people. Oh, wow. But our service area, it's about 15 miles out. So we kind of traveled the whole, you know, 30, 30 mile radius. Um, and the people when you know, when you're living in a tight community, everything is by word of mouth. We really yes. don't advertise. And that's a blessing because someone is happy with your work. They'll talk about you. We we go to the chamber meetings and we've met a lot of good connections there too. And I always encourage people to do that. It's worth yes. the 45 minutes once a month. Um, you get to meet doctors and lawyers, people that have business, people that have the money, basically. Um, you know, if you just focus on residential without tapping into um, right. And you can stick with residential, but even those professionals could be the ones that refer you to a bulk of maybe their friends or even clients. So it, it's been amazing for us. Right. It's a goldmine for sure. Yeah, awesome. it, is. it is. Awesome. Awesome. So um, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown of what your company does? It's uh, it's labeled as junk removal, but you guys do so much more than junk removal. We you do. Do, um, do you do, do landscaping and handy person? We do. Handy, we handy, do. Handy we handy do a little, little bit of everything. We've done power washing. We've done painting. We've done um, windows. When we do a deep clean, we include windows in that, um, you know, minor repairs, as you said. Um organization services, decluttering services. When we do a lot of the junk removal, a lot of times it's from a realtor that has contacted us. And so we'll clean the junk out, we'll deep clean the house, and we'll even stage the home for them with certain pieces that were left behind. So the realtor only has to come in, take photos, and list the house. So Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's perfect with our community, the way that everything is so hard. You know, most people will have to call five different companies to do that. And so we just kind of transitioned into those different areas. And it's been amazing, especially in the winter. You know, as they say, winter is coming and (laughs) and things slow down with certain cleaning jobs. And so we always have somebody calling us for something. And it's it's been really good. That's good. Then you can fill in and we're grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for all you. Cleaning business life is sponsored by pure evergreen cleaning products. That's P U R 
E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N.com. Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products.